Good morning, everybody. It's Wednesday morning. It's Let's Chat. Kathleen Delahunt. And it's wonderful to be with you. And I'd love to just open in prayer. Father, we thank you for this incredibly beautiful new day. We thank you for your anointing. We thank you for your peace. We enter into your peace. And we thank you that you are in control. We thank you that you are the great I am, almighty, all-powerful, wonderful God that we serve. We thank you for that on this beautiful day, Jesus. Amen. Father God, I want to thank you for anointing the airwaves, and I want to thank you for anointing my voice. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Well, friends, it's absolutely delightful to be with you today. I am going to be touching on something that I have taught on before. But it keeps coming up. People keep asking about it. People keep wanting it explained. And so I felt this morning that I am going to talk specifically on the strategy on how to possess our land. Many, many years ago, we had been praying fervently every single week for our area, for our town. And God gave me a vision of the heavens. And I saw the war in the heavens over our town. And I saw that the angels were fighting the demons were fighting and then they would advance a little bit and the, and the demonic forces would advance. And there was just this warfare going on all the time. There was chaos all the time. There was confusion all the time. People were forever exhausted coming under the spirit of the area. And we had no breakthrough in 16 years. And I said, God, why do we not have breakthrough? And I felt in my spirit that the Lord really challenged me. And he said, most of the things that you are doing are not in my word. And friends, I thought about the way that we warfare, the way that we prayed. And I realized that we were just following the ways that other people had prayed before us. And that wasn't necessarily biblical. And it wasn't necessarily accurate. So I asked the Lord to teach me. And I'm going to be sharing with you how he taught us over eight weeks how to be able to possess your land. So I'm going to share the strategy with you. I'm going to tell you why that we, 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 he gave us this. And then I'm going to invite you to go and apply. Now, the first thing I want you to know is this. That all of us are commissioned, firstly, to establish holy ground within our own hearts. And it speaks about it in Exodus 16.23, where it says that we are to enter into Sabbath. Now, Sabbath means holiness, shalom, peace. It means entering into rest. So the first place that we are to establish holy space is within our own hearts, friends. And what does the word holy mean? Holy means, the, the word is Kadesh, and it means set apart, sacred, dedicated, and consecrated. So the very first thing we have to see is that God wants us to deal with our own hearts first. Learn how to enter into rest Learn how to come into that place of peace and righteousness. And come in. We have to know, friends, if your heart is full of hatred and anger, everything you do is going to manifest hatred and anger. We've got to deal with our own hearts. Then it says, your own homes. It talks about Exodus 15 verse 13. It talks about having holy dwellings, set-apart dwellings. Friends, we've got to establish set-apart dwellings in our own homes. That's the second place we have to consecrate, have to make holy. The third place is our areas of influence, friends. We've got to establish holy ground. And it talks about that in Exodus 3 verse 5. That means your property around you, your street, your business area, your, your mayor, everything about where God has positioned you, Acts 17.26, we have to establish holy ground. And then, fourthly, friends, we have to establish a holy nation. And that's spoken about in Exodus 19, verse 6, and 1 Peter 2, verse 9, where it says that we are a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. We are to establish a people that are holy. Now, when we understand that, we realize it's not just about deliverance and inner healing. That's only step number one. We need much more friends. We need to establish holiness wherever we go. And so everything about today is teaching us how to establish holiness. Now, whenever you're going into areas to possess the land, there has to be aerial attack first. And then the foot soldiers. There's got to be dealing in the spirit realm first. 
and then going and establishing things on the ground. So vital that we understand that. Now the first thing we need to know is that the land belongs to the people, not the enemy. It says in Psalms 115 verse 16, The highest heavens belongs to the Lord, but he gave the earth to mankind. So friends, who are the squatters? Not us. The enemy and every force of darkness that's here. We've got to go back and take back what's rightfully ours. We have to realize that as children of God, we have been given authority to set the land and her inheritance free. Jesus said, all authority has been given to me. Therefore, now you go. It says in Leviticus 18, verse 24 to 30, the land has been defiled. So I punished it for its sins and the land is vomiting out its inhabitants. Defiled land vomits out inhabitants, friends. You must keep my decrees and my laws. You are not to do anything of these detestable things. That's the first thing. You can never, ever, ever possess your land if you are embracing the very things that the detestable activities are involved with. So you are not to let the land vomit you up because of your uncleanness as it is vomiting up the nations that were before you. Vital, the land has been cursed, it's defiled, and we've got to go and clean it. The next thing we see in Romans 8 verse 19 to 21, the creation waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. For the creation was subject to perverseness, not of its own choice, but by the one that subjected it in hope, because the creation itself will be liberated from the bondage of decay through and come into freedom and liberty by the glory of the children of God. We've been given that authority, friends. It is your responsibility, wherever you live, to go and possess your land. It doesn't belong to anybody else. When two or more come together, two or more Christians, two or more children of God come together, we have huge authority to possess our land. One will put a thousand to flight. Two will put ten thousand to flight. What is our role in all of this? Our role, friends, is to establish the kingdom of heaven. To open the heavens and establish the kingdom of heaven. Now I want to show you this picture. This is a picture of the earth. This is a picture of the second heaven, the kingdom of darkness. This is where the prince of darkness lives with all his demonic forces. And that darkness is all over the earth because he's a squatter and he's stolen it. And then beyond that is the heavenlies. The third heaven, the paradise of God and the heavenlies. Now, our role as the children of God is to open the heavens. How do we open the heavens? Number one, get born again. And number two, through the power and the authority of praise and worship. That is how we open the heavens. And as we do that, friends, we start opening the heavens so that people that are under this darkness, the darkness is pushed back. Friends, we cannot kill demons. We cannot destroy principalities and powers nowhere in the bible does it ever ever mention a demon dying but what we can do is that we can open the heavens and push them back so that they lose control that's what we've got to realize so we've got to open the heavens matthew 6 verse 19 um oh sorry 9 and 10 says our father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come let your will be done on earth as it is in heaven your kingdom come we've got to usher in the kingdom of god on earth as it is in and then friends we have to realize that we've got to love the people we've got to love the people sorry i've got things coming through we've got to love the people romans 14 verse 17 says the kingdom of heaven is righteousness peace and joy in the holy ghost that's the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven then it says in peter 4 verse 8 love covers a multitude of sins the kingdom of heaven is within every single one of us righteousness peace and joy friends and we've got to love the people hate the sin hate what they're doing but love the people never confuse the two we overcome evil with good romans 12 verse 21 when you come in the same spirit evil for evil curses for curses 
Then whatever there is evil comes upon you. That's what it says in Leviticus. The land will spew you out. When you curse, the curses are come back on you and you are judged by your own curses. Friends, we come in the opposite spirit. So it's really important to know that we have to open the heaven and that we've got to love the people. What is God's role in all of this? God releases angels to fight in the spirit realm on our behalf. It's the angelic power. It's the, the angel princes that fight demon princes, friends, not us. We open the heavens. We set the captives free. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. And he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free, and to release from prison those that are in darkness. Friends, if it's not in the word, why are you doing it? If it's not taught by Jesus, why are you doing it? So that's really important. We open the heavens, we love the people, and God releases angels on our behalf to fight in the heavens. Okay, how do we possess our land? Number one, we have to understand the power of worship. In the Bible, especially in the New Testament, it says, when they were together, they prayed. That word prayer means to worship and make supplication. This is our, our, our aerial attack, friends. This is how we open the heavens so that the darkness can be pushed out. It says in Ephesians 3 verse 10, it is through the church, which means the coming together of the consecrated ones, that the manifold wisdom of God is made known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose. That is to establish in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Friends, we have to understand the power of worship. Now, I want to just draw your attention to this picture very, very quickly. I've taught a lot on worship. We need to understand how worship works. The first thing I want you to know is you will enter his gates with thanksgiving in your heart. That's what it says in um, Psalms 100. Now, the word thanksgiving, the old Hebrew word wasn't to say, oh God, thank you for what you've done. It was to tell somebody of what he's done. In other words, it was testimony. We overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. Friends, when we start sharing testimony, it is thanking God for what he has done. And it is a way of entering into the kingdom of heaven. That's why we will enter his gates with thanksgiving in our hearts. Now, Isaiah 60 says, we will call our walls salvation and our gates praise. Jesus said, I am the gate. Whoever comes in and goes out shall find peace. Friends, we've got to establish the tabernacle of David spiritually as an area that has been consecrated to God. And we do that corporately and we do that individually. Now, Jesus goes on in John 10 verse 9 and 10. He says, the enemy comes to steal, to kill and to destroy. But I've come to give you life and life in abundance. So where is the enemy sitting, friends? He's sitting at the gate. Why is it important to start with thanksgiving? Because you overcome the enemy by the blood of the lamb and the word of your testimony. Jesus is the gate. Jesus, the one that died on the cross that shed his blood, is the curtain of entry into the atmosphere of heaven, righteousness, peace, and joy. And when we enter in with thanksgiving in our hearts, friends, we destroy the works of evil that can't come against us. People are always saying, I'm under attack, I'm under attack. I just say, change position. Change position. Friends, if you're always under attack in your home, in your own life, and in your area, you have not possessed your land. Now we have to do that. So I will enter in through with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. These are the courts, friends. This is where the Holy Spirit lives. This is where the Holy Spirit dwells. Now what does the word praise mean? There's many words for praise. And I'm only giving you a summarized little teaching here this morning. But it means to be loud, to shout, to scream, to jump, to dance, to sing joyfully, to rejoice. It means to blow the shofar. It means to open the heavens. It means to be glad. It means to roar and break open. What are we breaking open, friends? We're breaking open that heaven, heavenly heaviness 
that has been restricting the people of God and the people of the world from coming into a new place. It says that we need to put on a garment of praise for a spirit of heaviness. And so when we understand the power of worship, it opens the heavens. It enters us into a different realm. And as we enter in, we start entering the, our area into a different realm. And when we start praising, the heaviness, despair, and depression that is over the people start shifting. But it's loud, it's noisy. And that's why having a trumpet or having a shofar or using your own shofar, your own voice as a shofar, breaks something open, friends. It declares warfare. It declares establishing. And suddenly we are able to go into this place of great glory. And as we go in there, God will start dealing with the areas that we need to repent for. Because we come to the altar of sacrifice. And that is why the second point in this whole thing, friends, is repentance. And so we come into that. It says in Acts 17, 26, he knows exactly the time and places that you are to live so that some may get to know him. It says in John 4, verse 23, the father is looking for worshipers that will worship him in spirit and truth. Friends, you are primarily a worshiper. You are a worshiper. You're not a deliverer. You're not a, um, um, a, 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 a spiritual warfareist. You're not a, witch, a watchman. You are not a leader. You're not an apostle, a prophet or anything else. Those are not the things that you are. You are a worshiper. And the other things is what you do. But who are you? You're a worshiper passionately in love with your Father in heaven. It says in 2 Corinthians 4, 4, The God of this world has blinded the eyes of the unbelievers so they cannot see. They are blinded. That is why we've got to go and heal them. But friends, as we start worshiping, guess what happens? They are able to see. See, because the blindfold is taken off them. So we have to understand the power of praise and worship in a very quick summary. Okay, now, out of praise and worship, we come to the altar of sacrifice, friends. Firstly for ourselves, then for our dwellings, then for our land. And it's really important to know that we, the next, very next point that we have to do is we have to come and confess and repent. Now, what I want you to know is we do not repent on behalf of the people that have done the wrong things. We repent because the enemy was given a right to establish. The people that have done the wrong things still have to deal with their own hearts before God. But we repent on behalf of our land of our homes, of our streets, of our schools, that somebody gave the enemy the right to be where he's not allowed to be. He is an alien. It's ours. So we repent. It says in Isaiah 59, verse 1 and 5a, Surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, nor is his ear too dull to hear. But your iniquities have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. For your hands are stained with the blood and your fingers with guilt. Your lips have spoken falsely and your tongues muttered wicked things. No one calls for justice. No one pleads the case with integrity. They rely on empty arguments. They utter lies. They conceive trouble and they give birth to evil. They hatch vipers' eggs and spin webs of spiders. Now, do you want to know why our areas are so dark and terrible, friends? Because the enemy's been given a, a legal right and we've come into agreement with it with our mouths, friends. We argue more than we pray. We try and establish things out of power and greed more than we humble ourselves and petition God for our land. And then um, Daniel 9 verse 20 says, Confess my, uh, confessing my own sins and the sins of my people. We see too with, with um, when, uh, who was his name again? In Nehemiah, when he went to go and, and, and petition God for the, for the town, he went and he repented on behalf of the people. Friends, we need to repent. James 5.16 says, For where you are guilty of gossip, slander, murder, judgment, unforgiveness, division, striving, 
envy or jealousy, um, sexual immorality, abortion. Repent. It's very important that we repent, friends. Why? Because we've come to the altar of sacrifice and we have got to humble ourselves as a, as a sacrificial offering in worship to repent. And then we have to repent for the sin that's defiled our land and given the enemy access. Now, Kings 8, verse 46 to 49, I would really invite you to read that. Um, I don't know if I've got time to read that, but it actually talks exactly about what I've just said. We've got to remove the legal right that the enemies had to be there, and we've got to break the defilement on the land. So please, friends, go and read Kings 8, verse 46 to 49. Then in Hebrews 12, it says this, Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that entangles us. Friends, entangled sin is the same as being covenanted. It's the same as being yoked. It's the same as being soul-tied. It means being tied into sin. And friends, we've got to repent for that and throw it off. Now, what are some of the things that we have to repent for where there's defilement on the land, friends? Idolatry, a derelict spirit, slander, decay, jealousy, striving, discord, division, idol worship, sacrifices, witchcraft, rivalry, bloodshed, murder, violence, injustice, greed, corruption, crime, pride, arrogance. The list can go on and on, friends. Repent. Repent. Well, I didn't start it. No, you didn't. But the land's been defiled because it has started. And you're the one that God has chosen to come and to set the standard right by being him in this time for the people, friends. Repent. Then in Matthew 16, 19, Jesus says, I've given you keys. What's bound on earth is bound in heaven. What's loosed on earth is loosed in heaven. Matthew 18, 18 is the same. So what do we bind and what do we loose? Well, he tells us that as well. He quotes Isaiah 61, verse 1 to 3, where he says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, and he has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted, to set the captives free. We lose people. We lose people. And we bind people to Jesus. We don't have to mess with the enemy, friends. The very fact that we make a stand against this, we say this is not going to happen, and we go in there and we save the people, means we understand our authority. It says in Jeremiah 13 verse 11, this is God the Father speaking. And he says to Jeremiah, go and buy a girdle or a belt and tie that around you, Jeremiah. And the way that you tie that around you is the way that I bind the people to me. Friends, our authority is not in binding and loosing the devil. Our authority is in loosing people from darkness and binding people to the Lord. That's our authority. So the step number two, confess and repent. Step number three, forgive, forgive, forgive friends. The Bible says in Matthew 7 verse 1 to 5, I'd love you to read it. It says, do not judge or you too will be judged with that same measure. And then it says, that we need to stand and take the, 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 the logs out of our own eyes before we take splinters out of others. Friends, we don't understand what happens when people are oppressed, when they are captive, when they are in darkness. Our job is to set them free and lead them to repentance. Our job is not to judge them. Jesus did not judge the prostitute. And you know, I've taught on this before, but I think the most judgmental people on earth is the body of Christ because somehow we all believe we are self-righteous and once somebody has done anything wrong, they condemn them for the rest of their lives. And we don't understand the power of redemption. Jesus said to the prostitute, does nobody condemn you? Does nobody want to stone you? Neither do I. Why, friends? doesn't matter where people have been. It doesn't matter what they're doing. It doesn't matter how evil they are. Offer them life. Offer them the ability 
to have the blindfolds taken off their eyes and for their hearts to be healed and to release them from the prison that they've been held bondages. Bitterness and hatred is a prison. It's a demonic prison. Don't judge them. Set them free. The next thing, friends, um, it says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 29 to 30, eat and drink, uh, we eat and drink judgment on ourselves when we partake of the bread and the wine, and we have not made sure that there's no ought between us and other people. And it says that's why some of you are sick, some of you are weak, and some of you are dying. And friends, we wonder why people don't get healed when we pray for them. Because they've come under judgment. It's not God's judgment. It's the judgment of principalities and powers that has the right to make them weak, to make them sick, and to kill them. Keep your heart free of judgment. Don't judge anybody. And make sure before you partake of that incredible, powerful blood of Jesus, which is so powerful, make sure that, you make, that you've set your heart free of any judgment, friends. Um, John 20 verse 23 to, uh, 22 to 23 says, If we forgive others their sins, their sins are forgiven. Friends, forgive them. Forgive them. Because they don't know what they're doing. And then set them free. It's really important that we understand this. The fourth point is to bless the land. This is strategy to possess your land. Bless the land. And its people. Now the word land is Adama and it means a living substance. Friends, land, ground is living. That's why it can be cursed and it can be painful and hurt and defiled and that's why we can release blessing back in the land and we can set the land free to be fruitful again. It says in Proverbs 26 verse 2, an undeserved curse cannot come to rest. Now, I want you to understand this. I hear many prophets and I hear many people praying and they curse those that are cursing us, Lord. We just curse them. Friends, do you know what you've just done? You have landed yourself in a place where you deserve the curse. Curse deserves curse. We have to understand that. We don't curse anybody. It's not our job to curse anybody. We bless those who curse you. That's what it says in Matthew 5 verse 44. Love your enemies. Bless them that curse you. And do good to them that hate you. Pray for them that despitefully use you and persecute you. Friends, is warfare coming in the same spirit? No. We warfare by coming in the opposite spirit. We overcome evil with good. So, how do we go about it, friends? We bless them. When somebody comes and they're cursing you personally, bless them, bless them, bless them. Because you know what happens, friends? When curses are coming against a wall of blessing, it ricochets and goes right back to where it came from. And the person that cursed you ends up coming straight back under that curse themselves but if there's no wall of blessing their curse lands on you and has the right to land on you because there's no protection because you have cursed them and suddenly the curse is upon everybody friends put up a wall of blessing and i want to tell you there's incredible power in learning blessing and if we start learning blessing, our lives will never be the same again. When you hear people are cursing you, bless them, bless their socks off, bless their finances, bless everything about them. If you hear the Sangomas are cursing the church, bless the Sangomas, bless them with salvation, bless them with the power and the authority of Jesus, bless them with good sleep and good dreams so they can dream about Jesus. Bless them that when they are doing all their canting and all the stuff that they do to, 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 to raise up curses, that they will encounter Jesus. Bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them that curse you. Love your enemies. And friends, when we understand the power of blessing, curse has no power. No power. I've heard so many people say, oh, Kathy, be careful, they're cursing you. I said, that's wonderful, let them carry on. I'll just bless them. And when those curses hit, 
a wall of blessing it just goes back because proverbs 26 verse 2 says an undeserved curse is like a sparrow it flies around and it comes come to rest and then friends it goes right back to where it came from bless those that curse you it's really important to know that now all of that has been aerial now we're going to start talking about what we do as foot soldiers now friends point number five honor we've got to restore honor back to the leaders in our town we've got to go and honor other church leaders friends do we understand the power of honor i want you to to just read a few scriptures Isaiah 61 verse 1 to 3 which i have read a few times and then exodus 20 verse 12 says honor your parents your spiritual and physical parents that it may go well with you in the land ephesians 6 says exactly the same thing where there's honor there is a blessing on the land where there's honor there's a blessing on the land friends it is vital that as the body of christ we start praying again for our leaders honor them for the position they're holding not for what they're doing for the position they're holding go to your mayor I went to the mayor of our town and I said to the mayor of our town, which was not a God-fearing person, which was involved in all kinds of stuff. And I said, we are here to pray for you and to honor you and to bless you and to lift up your arms in this responsible position that you have. So that, friends, we can see our area come into fullness of abundance. I left out one scripture that I really need to read to you because it's connected to blessing and honor. It says in Proverbs 11 verse 11, easy to remember, 11, 11, the number of transition. If you want things to change, this is your scripture. Through the blessing of the upright, the city is exalted. But by the mouth of the wicked, it will be destroyed. You have the power for your city to be exalted how wonderful is that and friends we started praying for that mayor we started praying for her post for the authority that 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 person was carrying we started honoring them do you know what started happening they started giving us prayer requests do you know what started happening something started changing in our municipal offices Friends, that municipal office today is the only municipal office in the whole country, the last I heard, that is not in debt. Why? Because people learn to honor the position of authority, even if the person isn't honorable. Go honor your headmasters and your headmistresses. Go honor your police station. When we had the riots here, I went and honored the police and thanked them and prayed for them for the position that they were carrying to protect us, friends. Honor, honor, honor. Honor means to fix value to, restore value back. Friends, we've got to honor our parents. We've got to honor the teachers looking after the children. We've got to go and restore value back to the places of authority because there is, there is an, a direct connotation and connection between honor and blessing on the land. We've got to honor our community leaders. We've got to honor our businesses. Go and bless the businesses. I have walked around town going into businesses and blessing the businesses and praying for the business people. I want to tell you honor, honor, honor. The greatest scripture that we've got to know is our commission as a prophetic people. It says in Malachi 4 verse 6 that God is going to raise, raise up Elijah. We are the people who operate in the same type of spirit as Elijah. And he will turn the hearts of the parents back to the children and the children back to the fathers to the children and the children back to the fathers. All the land will be cursed. Friends, there is an incredible power in honoring. And I want to encourage you, go today and start honoring. Well, Kathy, what can I do? I'm just a little person all by myself. You've got two feet, you've got a mouth, you've got two hands. You go and get your heart and mind ready, clean hands and a pure heart, and then you go and start honoring and get somebody to do it with you. And friends, honoring does not mean you tell them all the things they've done wrong. Honoring means you say, I honor 
the position you hold. And I realize that it is a powerful position and you have got great responsibility. I honor you. I bless you. And I want to pray for you. Friends, it is powerful. Go and honor. Do you know that we're so quick to talk about the corrupt police? Do you know how many police are not corrupt? How many are born again Christians that are daily, daily, daily risking their lives and they are being killed off for you and for me, friends? Go honor them. Go honor the headmasters and the headmistress. Do you know the pressure they are on with all this nonsense that we are having to bring into our schools? Go honor them and tell them you pray for them. And I'm telling you, they won't become your enemy that you've got to fight against. They will become the people coming to you and say, please help us. Friends, it's a powerful tool. Point number six, the blood of Jesus. Now, I found this very interesting because I'm giving it to you directly as God unloaded to us. Every week he gave us another principle and he said, do this, do this, do this. Point number six. Now, six is the number of flesh, friends. It's also the number of the enemy, 666. Number six is the power of the blood of Jesus. Now, it's really important that we understand that we fight the enemy with two things. The blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. That we have to continuously place ourselves back under the blood of Jesus. Now, when we go back to that picture of worship, it's the way that we enter in, friends. And then, sorry, I've got a hole that I'm trying to suck, but it's so sticky. The power of the blood of Jesus, friends. You get your homes back under the blood of Jesus. Friends, people love using oil. Oil is for anointing kings, priests, and the sick. The blood is for fighting the enemy and to protect us against the destroying angel. If you want to live free from the onslaught of the enemy in your own life, partake in breaking of bread often. In your dwellings, protect your homes with the blood of Jesus. Your streets, go two or three and go pray for your streets. Where there's been terrible things happen, blood that's been shed, blood that's crying out, Go there, worship over it, do what I've told you to do today and pour grape juice on that place. Symbolically putting that crying out blood under the power of the almighty, all-powerful blood of Jesus. That nothing is more powerful than that. Friends, I've taught a lot on the power of the blood of Jesus. I'd love you to look back at some of those teachings, but I'm just touching on it today. Now, number one, the power of the blood of Jesus redeems us washes us clean number two it breaks the curse that we were living under we are no longer under curse we are set free it is finished he said he broke every curse and he redeemed us number three it stops the destroying angel the destroying the destroying angel cannot come near you it's really important that we do that it is the grape juice is symbolic it has no power there's no power in grape juice but it declares into the spirit realm, I know who I am, I know what I'm doing, and I understand the power of the blood of Jesus. In Exodus 12, verse 22 and 23, it said, The blood of the Lamb prevented the destroying angel from having access. In 1 Corinthians 10, 10, Do not grumble as some of them did, and were killed by the destroying angel. Revelations 12, verse 11, We overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. And the word of our testimony. Friends, go pray in your homes exactly like I've just taught you. And then go and seal that home with the blood of Jesus. Put it on the lintels of the doors. Put it on the windows. Declare into the spirit realm, this is holy ground. This has been separated. You partake of breaking a bread yourself. You go into your streets and go and declare the power of the blood of Jesus. Go and walk in the street and say, this is holy ground. We do not give any access to anybody to come and destroy our land. Go pray for your business. I cannot tell you how often I walk with a little bottle of grape juice in my pocket. And I put grape juice all over my hands. And wherever I see there's defilement or darkness, I go and repent. I worship. I say, God, I dedicate this to you. And I anoint everything and place it under the power of the blood, friends. We have such incredible power. If we just know how to use it, stop shouting at the devil. Stop feeling like you're a hero when you can talk loudly and you can address demons because you just get back and come under attack. We deliver people from demons. We cast devils out of people. 
Jesus did that all the time. But did you ever see him shouting at principalities and powers and telling them to go to hell and telling them that they're just foot sack and all the nonsense that we hear people praying? What junk? Pray biblically. Pray with power and authority. Use what Jesus gave us. He gave us the power of praise and worship. He said the Father's looking for worshipers. He gave us the commission in the Lord's Prayer to confess and repent, friends. When he said, forgive us our trespasses and lead us not into temptation. He commissioned us to forgive. Over and over and over. He said, forgive. In Matthew 6, 14, he says, if you do not forgive, the Father will not forgive you. He told us to bless. Bless those who persecute you and who curse you. Bless them. Jesus told us to bless. Jesus refers to honoring. Love the Lord your God is the very first commandment. Friends, honor your parents. Honor your parents, physical and spiritual. But Kathy, do you know what they do? He didn't say like what they do. He said, honor the position that they carry. Honor the other spiritual leaders in the town. They have a huge responsibility, even if you don't like their style. Then it says, the blood of Jesus. He gave his blood. For our liberty and our freedom he died so that we can live a completely different life a new creation in christ jesus then call into the light what's in the darkness let the blood expose what is in the darkness number seven friends ask the father to release his angels because now we have gone and we've done the aerial, we've gone and blessed, we've gone and possessed, we've gone and released the power of the blood of Jesus. Now say, Father, will you release your angels to enter into the, into the third heaven? Sorry, it's a third heaven warfare. It's a third heaven warfare. Will you release your angels? Remember, angels are here and they come and they go to go and push back the principalities and the powers that have been stealing and controlling our land. Prince, the demon princes and their demon judges that have been stealing in the highest, highest forms. Remember, there's four levels of demonic activity. And maybe I'll teach on that again for greater clarity. But we release angels. Ask the Father to release angels. We see the example in Daniel 10, verse 11 and 13. In Psalm 24. The Lord mighty in battle, the Lord of the heavenly armies. In Psalm 91 verse 11, he will command his angels concerning you. Friends, we don't command angels. We ask him to command angels. They are his angels. They're not ours. They come to serve us. And that's what it says in Hebrews 1 verse 14. They come to serve us while they're serving him. We come to serve in our commission while we're serving him. But we're not here to serve the people. That is why political spirits have no authority and power over us. We don't serve, serve the people's voices. We serve them to love them as we serve God. So do the angels. Let him command these angels concerning you, which it says in Psalm 91 verse 11. And let him release the angels. To come and fight on your behalf. We also know that every time we prophesy word, we declare word, we speak word, angels are sent to go and make sure that that gets established and that it happens. Psalms 104 verse 4 and Hebrews 1 says um, that he sent his angels to serve us. Jude 1 verse 9 says no, we're not to make any accusations against the enemy, but the, may the Lord rebuke you. And that's exactly what it speaks about in Jude, where it says not even, I think it talks about Michael, not even Michael will accuse the enemy. He says, may the Lord rebuke you. I'm not rebuking you. And friends, we've got to understand, go play the wrong role and you will be destroyed. Warfare, like the, man, the thinking of humans, and you will be destroyed. But follow the things that God has given us as mighty keys. Number one, it's easy. It's joyful. It's exciting. We go into warfare victorious because we know we're on the winning side. We use the keys he's given us and we watch and see as God starts working. And then step number eight, friends, 
is the power to prophesy and declare. Now, it is vital that we re-establish God's predestined purposes for our towns, for our homes, for our own lives, so that the kingdom of God may come in earth as it is in heaven. John 10.10 10 says, enter into my rest, um, and then we prophesy. We hear what the Father is saying. He says in Matthew 6, go into your secret place, speak to the Father. Jesus said, I only ever did what I heard my father, saw my Father do, and I only ever said what I heard my Father saying. And when you've heard what the Father is saying, go and prophesy and declare this. And I want to say to you, the Father is not cursing anybody. And the Father is not judging anybody. Any prophetic word that speaks about judgment is coming, the Father is going to judge, is not from heaven. Because the Bible very clearly says that Father is not judging anybody and he's given the full authority of judgment to Jesus. And that judgment is only going to come when he comes back, friends. And when the day of judgment comes, we will all be on our faces before the Father. We will not even be able to see what he's doing with anybody else. But people have placed themselves under demonic judgment. And the way to be set free of that is step by step everything that I have just taught you. So we prophesy predestined destiny back into people, into places. And we declare the word and we speak the word and we establish the word. Number one, what is the father saying? Go and find out. Go and hear him. Don't prophesy anything out of a good idea or your own opinion. And it's very quick to tell whether it's a prophecy from the head or a prophecy from the spirit. Prophesy according to Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 to 13. If you don't know what else to prophesy. Declare means to, to declare this area has been sanctified. This is holy ground. We declare according to what's been established. Then ask God for specific words for the place. I remember praying. And, and God would tell me in an area what that area specifically has been ordained for. <coughs> Excuse me. The one town that we lived in, God said that this has been ordained for a holy portal. And I want to establish a greater anointing of my supernatural healing in this place. And the enemy comes to steal the portal, friends. And it is surprising how many doctors, how many specialists, how many New Age healers, how many Sangoma healers, how many um, all kinds of alternate healers have settled in that place. Why? Because there's a portal of healing. Friends, take back what's rightfully ours. There's other areas where there's, an, there's a portal for equipping the saints. And friends, you find all kinds of religious organizations suddenly want to live in that area. There's a portal. What is the portal for your town? What is the open heaven, the, the predestined calling that God wants to establish in your town? <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Ask him. I live in KwaZulu-Natal. We have a beautiful, beautiful harbor here. God has, has, has told us that it is a birthing place. It's a birthing place. It is going to, it's going to be igniting that it's a birthing place. It's a birthing place for, for the move of God, for things that are birthed here to be sent everywhere, friends. But that's what he's called this place to be. And friends, are we seeing it? No. Why? Because it's been stolen. It's been used for everything else. That is why other things are being birthed here. Evil things are being birthed. We've got to take back what's rightfully ours, friends. Ask God for the specific words for the places and, and, and where you're living. And then ask God what his purposes are for the particular ground that you are standing on. And declare over the land and the city. Declare kingdom of heaven, peace, prosperity, righteousness, growth, abundance. Call business back. And you know, it's the most amazing thing that where we have done this, and I have done this for the last nearly 30 years. Where we have done this, friends, barren land starts being fertile again. The one gentleman recently said he went and prayed over his property. A tree that had not been fruit in seven years suddenly bore fruit again. There comes life, comes back. Abundance comes back. Because remember, Adama is a living substance. And we just blessed it and released life back into it. 
business comes back into the area if you feel it's derelict and everybody's leaving your area go pray like this go possess your land call business back call the finances back into your area call the blessing remember proverbs 11 11 through the blessing of the upright the city is exalted but by the mouth of the wicked it is destroyed prophesy bless release the predestined call of god back into your area through the power of your mouth the power of your declaration the power of declaring over your city why are words so powerful because the enemy knows if he can get you talking negatively he releases demons life and death is in the power of the tongue and those that speak it will eat its fruit you speak death you eat death you speak life you will eat life really important friends usher in and establish the kingdom of god in your land, in your area, in your houses, and in yourself. Romans 11 says, The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Ghost. And where we've possessed the land, friends, we will once again hear children playing in our roads. Once again, the crime rate will drop. And I've seen it, and I've proved it. And I'm not teaching you anything that I haven't seen, that I haven't proved, that I haven't lived, that I haven't seen manifested, because it's powerful. And you know what the amazing thing is, friends? You're no longer under attack. You're no longer burdened. You're no longer exhausted. You're no longer carrying heavy burdens because you're doing what God's told you to do. Acts 7 verse 33 says, And place you, uh, the place you are standing on is holy ground. We establish holy ground wherever we go. Now, friends, then we can do some prophetic acts, and these are wonderful. Prophetic acts could be anything. He can lead you. You listen to him. Let him tell you. For me, I know there's been times where he said, replace the word back into the soil. Put the word back into the foundations. And so symbolically, listen, it's symbolic. We've planted Bibles. I've gone and bought all the little New Testament Bibles that I can find, the little ones. We've dug a hole. We've planted a Bible. And we have prophesied and declared. We're putting the word back into, we're putting life back into this ground. There have been times where God said, take a hammer and a rock. And you stand there and according to Jeremiah 23 verse 29, you go and smash that rock because you're breaking the power that a stronghold has had in that area. He might call you to get onto the highest mountain and to blow the shofar. Then that's what you do. Friends, you do whatever he told you. Remember, it's symbolic. It's obedience. There's been so many things that God has said over the years for us to do. And just out of obedience. Now people think, well, that's weird. It's crazy. No, it's not. It's symbolic. It's a prophetic act. It's an act that says, I know the power of God. And you know, the most incredible thing is that when it's happened, things have broken over an area. And I've seen the manifestation happening physically where we have declared, prophesied and smashed a rock. And the next minute, a storm broke out that was intense and a bolt of lightning came and struck right in front of us. And we said, you've got no authority and no right in the storm left. We've got authority over storms, friends. A few years ago, just before COVID, a friend and I felt God had called us to go into one of the biggest, the biggest holy Buddha shrine in a country and, and, and the power, the stronghold of that Buddhism was that they used the power of noise, chaos, to control the people with sleep deprivation and noise pollution. So everything they did was exceptionally loud, exceptionally noisy, massive big speakers going day and night, and they were 24 hours a day of chaotic noise and people would feel like they want to go crazy they were exhausted they were like zombies because they could never sleep and friends we went into the shrine her and I we followed instruction I don't tell other people these things to do when we're doing them because they don't all have the faith and Jesus wouldn't even pray for the dead unless only those with faith had it and we said God show us what to do and we went into that place friends and we did everything I've just told you we worshiped quietly. We did not draw attention to ourselves. We covered our feet with, with the blood of Jesus. We covered our hands with the blood of Jesus. I had a bottle of grape juice in my pocket. And we went there. We worshiped beforehand. We went and prepared our hearts. We declared holy ground. We did everything that God, that I've told you to do here, that, that God showed us to do. And then we went in there. We prayed through the whole temple. We anointed everywhere with grape juice. We said, God, 
Your word says, those who earnestly seek you will find you. There are many people here doing idol worship because they're looking for you. We ask you to set them free, to release them from their blindness so that they can find you. And it was so chaotic. We were inside this temple and, and we had an open roof at places and we were walking around just watching and praying and watching. And I'm telling you, it's chaotic in there. It's chaos. Then you understand why Paul said to the woman, you cannot talk in church. You can't shout like this because it's chaos. The pagan temples, that's what they came out of. This is holy. Be quiet. And when we see that, we understand. And friends, it was the most amazing thing to see. And this noise chaos was so intense and the clanging of the bells. And I felt God say, take authority over the noise. And so I did exactly that. I said, God, audibly, so that the two of us were in agreement, we take authority over this noise, this chaos, the control of the sound in this, in this city, in this area. We take authority over that in the name of Jesus. We say you can no longer operate. You no longer have power. And friends, as we said that, suddenly this wind came in, suddenly from nowhere, immediately after we prayed, lifted my skirt right up. My friend was busy taking a photograph and my skirt just lifted because we kept a record of what we were doing. And that wind did not leave until we left. But you know what happened? The noise went quiet. And there was just this, this tiny little bells quietly ringing, like little chimes ringing in the heavens. And it was the most beautiful peaceful melodious chants just ringing just quietly like just beautiful beautiful and she said listen the clanging symbols the clanging noise went silent and there was just these little tiny little bells ringing and you know friends that stayed like that until we left that was the last time i went to that country and COVID broke out a few months later during COVID. All the priests fled, the monks fled. And when they fled, because they had no power and they had fear, and the people couldn't come to them for help because they couldn't help them, and they fled the town. And when they fled, friends, with them, the noise pollution left. There was no, they have had hundreds of years of noise pollution. There was not a sound in the heavens. Friends, People started getting saved. They've had such revival in that country. We went to go open the heavens. We went with a breaker anointing to break open. People have got, that country is in revival. They are having thousands of people coming to Jesus. And they only want Jesus. They want the truth. They want the spirit. They're spiritual people. They understand the spirit realm. And the craziest thing is, the moment that they get born again, they want to be baptized. No one tells them. No one teaches them about baptism. But the moment that they receive the power of the blood of Jesus and get saved, they want to be baptized. I've got to get baptized. I've got to get baptized. It's the most precious thing to see. And they have had revival in that land. And you know what, friends? I went to visit them in November. And I said, what's happened to the noise? They said, we haven't had noise since the last time that you were here. There were still a couple of months of normal living. The COVID hit. All the priests, the monks fled. They suddenly realized what fakes they were. They had no power. They had no authority. And they couldn't control the people. And as they've tried to come back and take position again, it's just not working the same. And the people have got radically saved. Friends, we are there to do the aerial. And when we start doing the footwork, going and honoring, going and releasing blood, going and prophetically doing things, friends, something shifts. We open the heavens. We open the heavens and where there's an open heaven, friends, you don't have to worry about powers and principalities because they can't have access. Friends, do your bit. Go possess your land. We've got to go back to realizing. Deal with your own heart, then deal with your own homes, then deal with your areas of influence, establish holy ground and then become a holy family. And I want to say this to you, friends. Churches, stop condemning each other. We are all one family. We are all one family. Start being a holy nation. And then, friends, just to quickly summarize.
open the heavens with praise and worship, enter into his gates with testimony, which is thanksgiving, and enter into his courts with praise. And then the more that you go deeper and deeper and deeper from being loud and clangy and worship and, and, and shouts and screams, it becomes more and more reverent because we enter into the holy place. And eventually it's be still and know that I'm God. And we hear what the Father tells us to do. And it's very quiet. It's very quiet because we've done what we've been meant to do. Number three, uh, number two, confess and repent. Remember, you're breaking the legal right. The people are accountable for their own sin. You're breaking the legal right. Forgive, 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 forgive. Forgive, friends, forgive them. Stephen, while he was being stoned, he said, Father, forgive them. Forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. They're blind. Bless them. Put up a wall of blessing to stop every curse. Honor the position they hold. Honor your spiritual leaders and physical leaders. Honor your fathers and mothers that it go well, may go well with the land. Apply the blood of Jesus wherever you go. Ask the Father to command his angels concerning you, your area, your homes, your towns. And then, friends, prophesy, declare, and do prophetic acts. And then be amazed what the Lord will do on your behalf. And friends, remember, clouds come and they go, they shift. So we've got to watch the atmosphere. And should there be any movement again trying to come back, you do it again. God bless you. What a privilege it is to serve Jesus. How powerful we are as the sons of God. And how easy it is when you enter into rest. Because his yoke is easy and his burden is light. God bless you, powerful people. Until we see each other again, have a jaw. Go be who Jesus created you to be. And please, whatever you do, don't do things because somebody else did them. Go back to the word and do what Jesus taught us. Love you very, very much. Goodbye.